Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Fright Fest preview series, and today's guest is Mike Moore. Hello, Mike. Hi, Stuart. Uh, now you, we're we're uh, we're coming on to talk about your film Chuck Steele, Night of the Trampires. Do you want to give us the uh, brief synopsis to what that film's about and give people a flavour of it? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a stop motion feature film about. Uh... Uh, your average sort of maverick renegade cop on the edge, uh, Hollywood's trope, um, called Chuck Steele, who has to go up against um, a, a, an army of uh, vampires who only attack people who are um, who have been drinking because they've got alcohol in their blood. So it's kind of it's a horror comedy, uh, full on sort of action horror comedy um, monster film, if you like. It certainly is. Now we'll get we'll get into more detail about that in a second. But first, can you tell the Britfits listener a early, <clears throat> an early or fond memory of um, watching, reading horror that sort of um, set you on this path uh, to be a fan and now now a filmmaker? Uh, yeah, I think the biggest influence uh, in terms of horror was. Uh, Evil Dead 2. I always remember that was I was I was terrified of horror films for a long time, and I wouldn't go near them. I would be in the video shop and intrigued by the box covers and the stuff on the back, but I would just be like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't think I can cope with that." Because as a as a kid, when I was you know growing up, I I, I loved monster movies like um, uh, Ray Harryhausen movies with all the you know Sinbad films or Doug mm. McClure films. Which were kind of innocent, more innocent uh, fair, really. They weren't horror films; they were just fantasy stuff. But um, I was always trying to search out stop motion as well, and I kind of knew there was a bit of stop motion in, in Evil Dead too. Um, and it, and I kept going back to the box in the video shop, and I eventually plucked up the courage to watch it. And it was um, it was such a an, an amazing film because it it, it mashed up comedy with um, 
horror perfectly. You know, it, the balance was totally right. Mm. And I, I just remember watching it again and again and again and, and then trying to find other films that were kind of like that. You know, I kept watching anything that was of an 80s uh, gory uh, affair, like, you know, From Beyond or Reanimator, those things. I, I, it took me a little while to pluck up the courage for those because the, the gore stuff didn't really didn't really appeal to me for a while. But then, I don't know, there was something about it that uh, as a kid, when you see it, it kind of has a big effect on you. And then you just, uh, I just started making um, more and more gory animated films. So I guess, I guess cinema does have an effect. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that you were, um, you, you dared not, and then you went to the max. Yeah, well, actually, I want to watch Evil Dead 1 after, because I thought, oh, I'll try Evil Dead 1, and that scared, that disturbed me more, because it was it was more grimy and, you know, low budget and and just a straight a horror film, just mm. nasty sort of thing. Um, so that that one, uh, I, I always found, you know, Evil Dead 2 the best of the, of the three, because it just had the balance totally right, and Bruce Campbell's acting was just, brilliant in it you know he's one of a kind in that film so i was going to say i think it, I think um, it no, launched it launched the bruce campbell career the second one didn't it yeah and and that you know the the character of of ash in in that combined with other films that had an effect on me back then like you know sylvester stallone films like rambo and all of those or dirty harry and all that they're, they're the character of chuck Steele is a kind of like an amalgamation of all these heroes that i you grew up with as um you know, the action hero started in the 80s, really, didn't it? Well, I was going to say, um, just, just as an introduction before we talk about I think it struck me that, uh, and this was, this was kind of, while I was watching Chuck's deal, the first thought, it was like, I thought, this is, this is like this is like Chicken Run's Nick, Nick Park took a shitload of cocaine, watched Cobra <laughs> too many times, but still tried to make a Hammer House a horror film. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair, fair, fair... Uh... <laughs> Fair summary of it, I think. Yeah. So, in that sense, I, I that... Kind of... go on. Sorry. Yeah, with, with this film, I just tried to put everything in it. I wanted to to do. You know, there's a lot of influences from different genres in there, and um, there was there's a number of sort of things that I wanted to try in stop motion throughout my career and had ideas for. And as a film, I just thought I'm going to put everything I can into this, so that if I don't get another chance to to do with another film, I, I'll at least have ticked these boxes of these things I wanted to do. So, you know, a bit of horror, action, comedy, there's, you know, there's car chases in it, there's karate fights, there's monsters, there's um, transformation scenes, there's slapstick. So I was just trying to fill it with all the things I loved, really. So, I mean, I've never spoke to someone who does a stop motion film before, so this is new territory for me. So forgive me if I'm sort of, the questions might sound like they're just about sort of, um, live action movies but just i mean look at looking at the looking at where this usually i ask people um where the, where the sort of what was the kernel idea that gave that uh, sort of gave birth to what became the feature film um and from yeah. what i understand chuck chuck still started off as a as as the sh as a shorter film didn't it first that... Yeah, well, the, the character started off as a doodle in my school books. I came up with the character when I was about 15 years old in, okay. in, in 1986 or something. Blimey. And I kept draw, I kept drawing it over the years in various scenarios and writing stories around it. And uh, I, I had a go at writing sort of feature-length scripts and things like that. Over, over my career, I kept revisiting the character and trying to get it off the ground. And 
um, in, in various guises. So I made a number of short films with the character when I was very young. I think I made my first Super 8 Chuck Steele short film when I was about 15. Wow. And then then there was a college film with the character and then there was uh, a, a short film, a, a, a teaser that I tried, made to try to raise finance for a film uh, back, back in 2000. Hmm. And then because um, I, I, I kept sort of coming back to the character and putting it on the shelf when it when it when doors slammed in my face and things like this because you know adult uh, stop motion is kind of hard to raise finance for um but with uh with the with this last short film i did which was in 2013 that was me just sort of saying i i'm going to just do one more chuck steel film and i'm going to just pack it in and leave it you know because it it i it was going to take me too long so i just thought I'd lock myself away in my basement and start making it. So I, I made some models, came up with a story idea that worked as a sort of miniature three-act structure, mm-hmm. and then and and then um, built a set. And then and at that point, I, I was um, introduced to um, my now business partners through through a mutual colleague, and uh, he turned out to be a big fan of something I'd done years ago, which is a program called The Dogs, mm-hmm. uh, about like slapstick cavemen family and um he kind of uh with because he invests in a lot of companies and through through his um, investment company and, and he basically you know funded the short film and then we've gone straight into setting up the studio together and and doing the feature film afterwards so i kind of i i got eventually got lucky with it and you know after all the years of trying it kind of has happened so can you can you can you imagine what your fifteen year old self would think now seeing seeing Chuck Steele as a feature film? Yeah, it's like um, it's it's a, it's a real big box ticked, you know. I've mm. I've, I've done that now, so uh, I'd, I'd like to do more. I've got ideas for further adventures of him, but you know we've got to see what happens with this film. All adult animation is is a risky venture, and we have to see, you know, how this goes and whether it build an audience i really hope it does it, it had a good reaction where it's mm. been shown and um we just need to see what happens now so what so i guess i guess with that sense if chuck Steele is somebody you've kind of lived with i suppose where where did the mm. colonel the idea for for the night of tramp of the tramp has come from and the whole kind of messing with the the tried and tested uh, vampire mythology because that's quite interesting angle to go down uh, that that w- that came from an idea because I, I at a certain part of my career I was frustrated on not being able to get uh, my own films off the ground in stop motion you know like um, just because of the money involved and the time you know they're expensive and time consuming and I I ventured into live action at a certain point and tried to do I did a low budget sort of horror comedy short film that was played at Fright Fest mm. and I started to think well I'm going to make some low budget try and raise money for a low-budget horror film, live action. And I came up with the Trampires idea. It was going to be set in my hometown, you know. I mean, there's a, like, in Wales, all these towns are, there's a big drinking community. And I just saw a, a comedic potential in, you know, uh, vampires who prey on drunk people as, mm. as a, as a not comedy idea. So the original idea for that was it was a live-action film. And then I started writing it. And I don't can't remember why, but I just joined up the two concepts at some point. I just thought, oh, maybe that's a good story for Chuck. So, and, and then I started thinking about it further with in, in stop motion, and just went that route at some point. I think the, the, the script was written in two thousand one. 
So uh, yeah, it must have been a reason I joined them up, but I can't remember. <laughs> it like, sounds like sounds like Chuck Steele's like a devil on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Yeah, <laughs> or, hope hopefully an angel at some well, point. Well, both maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so in that sense, when when you're pulling that together as a Chuck as a Chuck Steele a Chuck story as a Chuck Steele vehicle, then what what mm. what in storytelling terms, what were the challenges then to sort of to marry? Who you know Chuck Steele to be very very well, and this and mm. bringing this new idea that you're developing of night of the of, of trampires, as it were. Well, the the script took a while to do because I kept revisiting it, going back to it, and you know just building it up. And I, at that time, I was also trying to learn a lot more about script writing and structure, and so it was my one of my first real. Um, attempt to to finish a full you know three act structure um, script because I'd 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 made attempts before but I look back at those now and I think oh god they're terrible I'm you know, gladly glad I didn't show them to too many people but you know it takes you time to learn the different aspects of of script writing and it's it's there's no surefire way of getting it right it's just that there are some rules involved and you know I did a lot of reading on it and uh, practicing on it and when so. As I started writing it, certain things clicked into place that the Chuck Steele character was kind of established in my head anyway, and it was just putting him in this um, ridiculous environment and ridiculous story brought out some some more absurd humor as well, you know, so I kind of just let it flow. And when I think of like the dialogue scenes, I kind of just zone out when I'm doing those and just almost have a conversation with yourself as, as you're typing, you know. Really, um, and hopefully, hopefully, some jokes will turn up in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's just a way of, you just sort of, you know, try and let it flow, and then and then and then go back and rewrite and and be critical of it, you know, because I think you always think the first thing you write is amazing, and then you look back and go, oh God, no, you know. So I, I'm glad I had a lot of time to to hone hone the script anyway, you know. I um I I loved um. I love the way that you you introduced the the rules of your trampires uh, with your uh, Abraham Van Rental character, who yeah, uh, Mister Exposition, yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, it's not just that, but I just I just loved I just loved his aside. You know, it's like he he, yeah. he said he's it's it. I mean, this is I, this is no spoiler. I, I hope, but he's he says what the audience is thinking. He's just done this description to to. Uh, to Chuck, and it's like the English tweed-wearing archetype versus the square-jawed, yeah. uh, doesn't play by the rules cop, and tell you know talks yeah. about uses that you call them bums, and then says yeah. vampires wouldn't wouldn't make any sense, <laughs> like, yeah. like presupposing that trampires does. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I had that that joke was in there for a long time, and I always thought nobody's going to laugh at that. That's just too weird as a, as it's just a verbal gag. But it gets a laugh every every screening we've shown it, and so there it, it must be. I mean, there's a few jokes in there where I think, you know, these these are a bit weak. They're not going to get much of a laugh, and then they get a huge laugh. And then some of your strong, you, the jokes you think are strong, you don't hit quite as hard. So it's a it's a it's a learning curve for me to see, you know, the the, the things that people find amusing in there. Well, uh, uh, Alex Kuehler, as uh, as you as you call mm -hmm. her, which. I won't spoil that. I won't spoil the reveal on that one. Um, I'll let people watch the <laughs> film on that. But I did. I did the, cho the choice of Jennifer Saunders for the voice mm. is. I mean, and this and and it was it was one of the, it's one of the most sultry voices I've heard. I think since Kathleen Turner's Dolores in Man with Two Brains. 
<laughs> it's quite cool because yeah, it, it's that because I did I didn't know who it was at first, and I'm like, who's it? And then I look, I was like, I'm sure that's Jennifer Saunders, and it was. It was. I mean, what an amazing choice uh, to make. Yeah, she, she was she was great. I mean, when we when we started, we we didn't have any names in, so they were the, Jennifer and Paul came in to to re-record some roles mm. um, because we. At the at the start of this film, we were trying to do it in the same way we did the short film, which was like as cheaply as possible. You know, yeah. all all the money had to be on the screen. Mm. So we 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 didn't uh, you know pursue you know name uh, voice actors or anything at the start. But then when the film was completed, we thought you know just talking to people, there was like a need for something extra in there. So we got Jennifer in for a few days and she, she did that, that part and yeah, she hit all the sort of, it, it's a difficult thing to do it afterwards as well. It's not the ideal way to do it because you're basically dubbing over footage, you know, so you mm. have to hit the lip sync. You're not, you're not able, you're not free to do a full on performance as uh, per se. You've got to hit the, hit the marks of the um, lip sync mm. um, whilst trying to do a performance. And she did a great job of that because, you know, it doesn't sound like, post-sunk thing it just not at like all no no i mean in that sense then how's how how does that work for you as the director working with the actor uh what in terms of the re-record yeah yeah, yeah. in terms of what you obviously what you want and, and obviously what's possible when you're in that position as a low budget sort of independent film we we tried to save save a bit of money early on but uh it, you know in, in the end i think next time we won't do it like this we do it the right way around but we 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 had the actors come in and um, revoice a couple of roles, and Jennifer was was one of those. And she did, um, you know, when she even though she had to hit all the technical points like for the lip sync, hmm. she was able to just t- take the voice in a slightly different direction to what we had, and make it uh, a bit. Uh, some of the monster stuff she did was amazing, which is still in there when the monster is like at the end screaming. You, hmm. you don't you wouldn't think that was Jennifer Saunders, but it, but it is. <laughs> wow. But 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 so, so just just for those that don't know, and that includes me. So the usual the usual pattern is what that the actor would put the voice down, and you would animate to the voice. Yeah, you you would you would get the actor to record the voice. Sometimes you'd film them as well, so you'd have some visual reference to to go to to use if you needed it. Okay. But um, but generally, it's just the voice, and you animate to that, which is what we did, but with our original. Um, cast members of 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 people who are voice actors and that and and some of those people have still are still in the film in in different roles because we had doing people doing multiple um parts you know myself included because mm. um on the short film i i did i did the voices on the short film because i, I when i started i had no backing and i thought i'd give it a try mm. and uh, it ended up staying because uh, we we always thought we'd re-record at some point but we never did and then we approached the feature film in the same way. Um, having said that, there is a potential at this stage for for that to change. We are going to see how things develop because um, one of the things that we're talking about with distributors is is you know famous act names to have on the poster. So mm. there's a potential for some further roles to be re-recorded. So we're going to wow. see what happens then. Yes, yeah, so I should say you, yeah. only meant, you only said Paul's. You, meant, you mean Paul Whitehouse, don't you? Who plays the um... yeah, Paul Whitehouse played three roles in the film. Oh, yeah. did he? Yeah, he was Chuck's landlord. He was uh, the wise one, and yeah. he was the one of the ones. 
Um, he was. Oh, they bumped to me now. What was it? Uh, oh, just keep going. It'll come to me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I was just going to say one more, one more thing to ask. I guess because there's there's so much there's so much going on in um, in 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 Chuck Steele and and uh, that that I that I could refer to. Um, mm. But I would I'd love you to point out something that for the Fright Fest audience that might be listening to this, thinking about what film to watch. What is there a particular mm. moment that you that you that you would you, you look forward to having seen it now already with audiences? Is there a particular moment or sequence that you you'd be particularly excited to see with the Fright Fest audience? Yeah, I like, I like the the end sequence where it kicks off. There's about twenty minutes worth of just in, insanity at the end, where you know the climax to the film happens mm. and it, everything just keeps going, you know, escalating and escalating and escalating, and um, that that whole sequence is my my favourite because I it's me just getting everything <laughs> I can into the film, you know. Um, there's other there's other bits throughout the film which I like as well that get a laugh uh, and or. or or gasps or whatever, you know, but mm. but it's just definitely that end scene is um is the one that I always like to see with the with the crowd more. Now sorry, one thing is is for me what's interesting is as as a stop motion film, it's the you've kind of got the endless possibility because you don't have to physically put anyone through it. Mm. But also like you like you've intimated, it's 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 a long process, therefore expensive process to achieve it. So, mm. when you're creating this stuff, how do you, how do you marry the idea of your imagination with with what what's producible? Um, I, I don't think you you hold yourself back. You just do what you think works for the story and and how big you want to go with things. Um, but the you know you then you got to just try and work it out with with the budget that you have and see if it's feasible. You know mm. we we. We pushed our budget to, to the max. You know, we were kind of um, we we shot for longer than most stop motion films because we had a smaller crew generally. Yeah. Um, and we were able to. It was very much hands on on the floor. You know, I was kind of there on a daily basis. Um, on a lot of stop motion films, the director's kind of a bit more removed from the process and is approving things through a production process. Oh, um, you know, so you're, you're, the, you're, the director's not normally on the floor, uh, you know, setting up shots with the team and um, and working that way. They kind of generally a little bit more approval based system, you know, where you're you're removed from it. You don't have to, you don't have the day to day issues to deal with as well. So, but but I think I I know I couldn't afford that luxury on this film. If I'd have been removed from the process, I I would have. I'd not really had time to do any revisions on things because the, the budget and, and time we had didn't allow for that, you know. So, and I prefer working on the floor anyway and being in the mix. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the way we'll probably do the next one if we do do another one. Now, with 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 all the with all, with all the obvious influences <laughs> in terms of the eighties cop and 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 the horror, the horror um, mm. tropes and everything, can you can you give us get, without without um, Without telling exactly when, but just for the audience to look out for any obvious kind of east, either, either with the, I don't know what you call them Easter eggs or homages um, for people to yeah, think, I guess, things to I spot within the they're, film. They're, they're little references to films, but they're not. I, what I wanted to do—it's quite a common thing for stop motion and animation in general—just to 
to spoof a particular film or scene from a film. And you go, oh, that's a bit like that, you know. But what I wanted to do with this film was, although it it needs to feel like it's a film from that period, you know, a live action film from the 80s, mm. with lots of like nods to films in there. Um, and there's some really obscure things in there. And there's actually a couple of things that somebody's pointed out to me that I didn't even know I was referencing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but the the the... I, I was determined not to make it, you know, a, a defined spoof of another film in any way. There was just, there's just moments where you got, it, you'll have little trigger points of like, oh, that that uh, that reminds me of that film or, or that thing or that. But it's like they're throwaway moments. They're not like huge scenes that are dedicated to, you know, spoofing a, a sequence or homaging a sequence from another film. But I, I would say, you know, there's some real obscurities in there. There's there's some. There's uh, there's an old film called My Science Project, which I got. I, there's a couple of references to that in there, which I don't know if anyone will spot, but <laughs> that's probably the most obscure stuff in there. And 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 and, and if I remember rightly, Harry Housen is used as a cry, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a Geronimo yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's one for the that's one for the animation fans. Everyone else would be like, "What did he say?" <laughs> No, I got it right away. Well, look, thank yeah. you very much for your time on the podcast. That's all right. Pleasure. The Britflix podcast is provided absolutely free. If you want to help me get the podcast out to more people, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. Or if you want to help me out directly, there's a link in the show notes to my Patreon page. All contributions are welcome. And the music is by Chris Reed of thecomposers.tv. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.